the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Bayonet Point, WTBN, Pinellas Park. Portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. The reason we teach the Word of God here at Lakeside is not because we're trying to be different than everyone else. It's because that's what the Bible teaches to do. What else are we supposed to do? The movement, though, in our day, especially in the United States, is to minimize teaching and maximize such things as music and entertainment and a host of other peripheral items. You see, you don't, you don't, as important as music is, you don't grow by music. And you certainly don't grow by entertainment. There's a story that King George, uh, which King George I'm not quite sure of, the story doesn't say, but King George frequently commented on the sermons as he left the church. If he had been blessed by it, he would say in a cheerful voice, That will do very well. That will feed souls. When the preacher's delivery was cold and his words were lifeless and barren of gospel teaching, he would shake his head sorrowfully as he left the pew and mutter under his breath, That won't do. That just won't feed souls. I think the king used a solid biblical standard for evaluating the sermons. Ministry of all kinds, whether oral or written, may well be judged by the same standard. Does it feed souls? Or does it simply entertain? Hi, welcome to Verse by Verse, a Bible class of the air taught by Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. We are studying 2 Peter chapter 2, and the topic is the dangers of false teachers. If you're following in your Bible, we'll be starting off today in verse 14 of that chapter. False teachers are not particularly dangerous to people who know their Bibles, although we are never to take them lightly. But they are highly dangerous to the spiritually immature, as well as to themselves for that matter. Pastor Steve will be looking at this verse from a couple different angles. So let's begin our study. Look at verse 14. He says, having eyes full of adultery that never cease from sin. Eyes full of adultery. That is a fascinating statement. In fact, in the original Greek language, it is much more vivid than this. And I, and I don't mean to kind of overwhelm you with the Greek, but I do want you to get the, the, uh, the intent and the original words here. Literally, in the Greek language, it is eyes full of an adulteress. That's what it means. That's how it ought to be translated. Eyes full of an adulteress. And what he means by this is that these false teachers were so consumed with lust that every woman they saw they looked upon as a potential adulteress to commit fornication with. Peter's point is that in addition to being drunk at the Lord's Supper, these men were continually on the lookout for a sexual partner. Eyes full of an adulteress. That's how they looked upon women. And that's why Peter goes on to say, notice that next phrase, enticing unstable souls, luring them in like one would, would lure fish in with bait. These wicked, pleasure-seeking men made it their goal to seduce spiritually unstable women. Women who were easy targets because they were, they were spiritually immature. 
and they were vulnerable to these seductive, uh, the seductive moves of these religious teachers. Probably they were impressed with them. Maybe these men had great uh, oratorical uh, abilities, and uh, because they had platform exposure, maybe they were very impressed with them, and they were um, enticed by this unstable souls. Now, that's the meaning of of what Peter is dealing with, but we want to stop here. We want to apply this. Apply this, this to our lives and apply the principle, the, the broad principle is this, that false teachers are pleasure seekers. How do we apply this to our lives? What does this mean to us today? What can we do about this? Well, I don't think we can conclude from this that every false teacher necessarily gets drunk or is immoral. I do think that's probably the case with many and more so than we uh, suspect. But I think that there are some broader truths here. I see two very important applications that I want to share with you this morning. First of all, we ought to recognize that the goal of all false teachers is to seek pleasure for themselves. They don't care about you. They're not interested in you. They're interested in themselves. They are hedonistic pleasure seekers. They are involved. Why does a man or, or, or a woman, for that matter, get involved in a religious organization if they don't know the Lord? Why would you give your life to religion? Only one reason, get some pleasure out of it. It's certainly not to serve God. It's not to serve you. That's why they do what they do. They get some pleasure out of it. And this is why they will take advantage of you. They will take advantage of you financially and in some cases, sexually. In fact, look, just financially, we're going to deal with this next week. Notice the next phrase in verse 14, having a heart trained in greed. They're not just greedy. They're, they discipline themselves. They go to the gymnasium and discipline themselves to get greedy. They work at it. They're very, very greedy. We won't deal with that right now. I mean, we're going to touch on it, but next week we'll talk more about that. But they will take advantage of you financially and in some cases sexually. Be careful, women. And you should understand that many religious leaders do what they do because they are power hungry. They are power hungry leaders who uh, derive pleasure by controlling other people. And they do it in their churches and religious organizations and their teachings. You see, it's all about them. It's not about you. This is why many cult leaders and false teachers are into the prosperity gospel. Have you ever wondered why when you turn on uh, uh, TBN, not TBN, the Trinity Broadcasting Network, I guess it's called TBN, I don't want to confuse it with TBS, okay, but uh, the Trinity Broadcasting Network, have you ever wondered why, well, let me just tell you my experience, since I've been doing this series, I've, I've watched it more. I don't watch it a lot, and I'm not encouraging you to watch it, but I'm, I'm trying to get some insight as to what these people are teaching. And every time I have ever watched, I have never heard a a gospel presentation. I have never heard the gospel on that network by any of those charismatic leaders. Never. But what I have heard are two things. They're either talking about being healthy or being wealthy. Every time I have ever watched, in fact, the other night, Michelle and I watched this, I don't even know who it was. But uh, he got all these people excited about how God doesn't want them to be poor. And uh, I tell you, by the, by the well, I don't know if it was the end of the service. I couldn't take any more. So I, I had to turn it off. 
and turn it to something else, but uh, he had them jumping up and down, literally jumping up and down, saying something to the effect of, I'll never be poor, I'll never be poor. And, and you know, my heart grieves for that because most of those people are probably very poor and they're going to go out, they're going to leave being poor, thinking that God doesn't want them to be and they're going to be very disillusioned with God because they're going to remain poor. They're not, they're not going to be wealthy because they jump up and down and say, I'll never be uh, poor again. Uh, what a horrible thing. But why do these guys preach that kind of stuff almost all the time? It's because they are materialistic pleasure seekers who disguise their love of things by the heretical teaching that God wants all of his children wealthy, and you can command God to even make you wealthy. That's your right, they say. Just to give you an example of this pleasure-seeking mentality that hides behind false teaching, listen to the words of Fred Price, who's a uh, television evangelist. He said this, and I quote, The Bible says that Jesus has left us an example that we should follow his steps. That's the reason why I drive a Rolls Royce. I'm following Jesus' steps. End of quote. Driving a Rolls Royce is following Jesus. Listen, that's not the Jesus of the Bible. Not following the Jesus of the Bible. And then there is a quote from Kenneth uh, Hagin, who's really, the, um, in many ways, the father, the founder of the modern-day uh, faith movement, just kind of say it and it materializes. He said this, and I quote, God wants his children to eat the best. He wants them to wear the best clothing. He wants them to drive the best cars. And he wants them to have the best of everything, end of quote. Listen, you under- understand why men like uh, Price and, and Hagin preach this kind of stuff? It's because that's how they want to live. That's what they believe because they are pleasure seekers who have come up with a theological system to justify their hedonism. They can't just get up and say they're money-hungry people who want to live uh, and, you know, in wealthy homes and drive rolls right. They have to blame, uh, they wouldn't put it like that, but they have to blame God for that. That's the way God wants them to live. So be aware and not be naive about the goal of these men. The goal is to seek Whatever makes them happy, that's what's behind their message. They don't care about you. They don't care if you're wealthy or poor or healthy. They care about themselves and all the money that you might give to them, by the way, so that they can drive a Rolls Royce. Now, the second applicable truth that I see from Peter's teaching about the pleasure-seeking goals of the false teachers is that those who tend to fall for their schemes are immature people. I mean, those people who I saw jumping up and down, I don't know where they stand spiritually, but if there are any born-again people doing that, they are immature, or they would know better. People who are not grounded in the faith are those who are susceptible. Now, notice in verse 14 that Peter, how he states who these men go after. They have eyes for adultery, says, enticing unstable souls. Peter, in context, was specifically referring to unstable Christian women who are lured into illicit sexual relationships with men who are really wolves in sheep's clothing. That's in context what he's talking about. But it is valid to expand this principle to say that Christians who are open to false teaching, whether it be some traditional cult or some far-out new teaching, are those who are unstable in their spiritual lives. Unstable. Now, think with me for a moment. Why would a Christian, I mean, a a born-again person, really a saved person, leave orthodox and biblical Christianity to follow a false teaching? Why would anybody do that? You've come to know Jesus. Why would you do that? Let me give you some suggestions. Because the new teaching minimizes sin 
doesn't deal with real sin. The only sin they'll talk about is the sin of unbelief, because if you don't get wealthy, it's your fault. If you don't get healthy, it's your fault. That's all they'll touch upon. They don't deal with the real issues of the heart. It minimizes sin. It makes them feel good about themselves. It is a, it is a message of self-esteem. In fact, the man who propagates the self-esteem uh, message is Robert Schuller. Very interesting. This week I uh, did some research. There's a, a website that uh, you can go to that gives you a critique of some of these men. And uh, I didn't know Robert Schuller and, and uh, his ministry, he has a title. He's called the Evangelist with No Gospel. And that's absolutely correct. He has no gospel. What he propagates is the gospel of self-esteem. It is not the gospel of Christ. And uh, people, people want to feel good about themselves. They don't want to leave a church convicted of sin. They want to leave feeling good. It also relieves them of guilt feelings. If they are guilty about sin, uh, they, they don't want to hear about it. Or they want to hear it's somebody else's fault. It caters to their emotions. Nothing wrong with emotions, but it is wrong to cater to emotions. It is wrong to, to depend upon emotions, which are very unreliable. So, you see, there is a natural attraction that draws people to this kind of, of teaching. But it's because they have a very surface understanding of Jesus Christ and the Word of God. They may be born again, the people who follow some of this stuff, but they are very, very superficial in their understanding of Scripture. If they were deeper, they wouldn't, they, they wouldn't be attracted to this. And that's why, folks, it, it's vital that, that you be under the teaching of the Word of God in a sound local church. It is vital. The reason we teach the Word of God here at Lakeside is not because we're trying to be different than everyone else. It's because that's what the Bible teaches to do. What else are we supposed to do? The movement, though, in our day, especially in the United States, is to minimize teaching and maximize such things as music and entertainment and a host of other peripheral items. You see, you don't, you don't, as important as music is, you don't grow by music. And you certainly don't grow by entertainment. When Timothy was faced with false teaching in his ministry at Ephesus, well, I want you to turn to 1 Timothy. Paul put Timothy in Ephesus, and that's the background of 1 Timothy. And he was faced with false teachers and false teaching. In fact, some of the leadership was uh, was part of the the major problem. That's why there's a call for uh, the right qualifications for leadership in 1 Timothy 3. But in chapter 4, Paul keeps hammering home to him, Timothy, I want you to teach. I want you to give them sound doctrine. Yes, I know that they look down upon how young you are. Yes, I know that it's not comfortable for you. And Timothy was, I think, a very timid man. He had some stomach problems, probably relating to all the hassles, these uh, these leaders and people gave him. But notice what Paul said, 1 Timothy 4, verse 6, in pointing out these things to the brethren, you'll be a good servant of Christ Jesus, constantly nourished on the words of the faith and of the sound doctrine which you have been following. Timothy, point out these things, be nourished in sound doctrine, give it to them. Verse um, verse 11, prescribe and teach these things. What I've been telling you, Timothy, teach them and keep teaching them. Notice verse 13, until I come, until I get there, Timothy, here's what I want you to do. It's very simple. Give attention to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and teach. Timothy, get up in front of them, teach them the Bible, and tell them to apply it to their lives. Read it, teach it, exhort them. Verse 16, pay close attention to yourself and to your teaching. Persevere in these things. Timothy, continue. This is what it's all about. 
So when Timothy faced false doctrine, Paul didn't say, uh, add some more music to the service. Do some more entertaining things, and, and, and you might get them interested. See if there are some seeker-sensitive people out there. He said, teach them. Teach them. And then to the Ephesians, turn back to uh, the book, uh, Paul's letter to the Ephesians. This is the heart of the ministry, chapter 4, verse 11. And these are the people who were would be threatened by false teachers in a few years. Chapter 4, verse 11. He said this, speaking of Christ, Jesus gave some to his church as apostles and prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers. He has given to the church certain men. Why? Verse 12, for the equipping of the saints. That means the maturing of the saints. For the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ so that the body of Christ gets built up so that you're not immature. And look at the result, verse 14, as a result. This is what it's all about. We are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness in deceitful scheming. You see, that's what God's people need most. The word of God so that they grow, so that they're not deceived, so they're not immature, so that they're not tempted to be attracted to error that has some natural appeal to the flesh. To be in a sound church under competent pastoral teaching of the Word of God. That's what it's about. Listen, it may not be an exciting thing to do. People don't jump up and down when you do. At least I've not seen you do this. <laughs> but um, we're, we're to do this. Not, it isn't the most exciting thing. Just you, You've got to use your minds. You know, people often don't jump up and down. It was, it was very interesting when I was in... Um, in California, and uh, my my job was to come alongside of Phil Johnson, and I taught about three Bible characters. Uh, I, I taught about Elijah and Joseph and Daniel, and all with the theme of they stood alone in loyalty to the Lord. And as I was uh, noticed the last message, message as I was preaching on Daniel, some of our dear African American brethren started telling me to work it out, just work it out. So in case you wonder what I do, I'm working it out, you know. <laughs> I'm working it out. But hey, that may not be the most exciting thing in the world to see a, a guy stand up here and work it out, but that is what builds the church. That's why we teach the Word of God, to build stable, mature Christians who are not sucked in to false doctrine. So you really need to apply this to your lives and say, I, I need to get into the Word of God. I need to have more than, than surface uh, devotions. I need to do more than read nice stories. I need to get in to the Word. About a hundred years ago, a man by the name of J.C. Ryle wrote these words that are still most pertinent to our age as believers. Here's what Ryle said. You live in a world where your soul is in constant danger. Enemies are around you on every side. Your own heart is deceitful. Bad examples are numerous. Satan is always laboring to lead you astray. Above all, false doctrine and false teachers of every kind abound. This is your great danger. To be safe, you must be well armed. You must provide yourself with the weapons which God has given you for your help. You must store your mind with Holy Scripture. This is to be well armed. Arm yourself with a thorough knowledge of the written word of God. Neglect your Bible and nothing that I know, know of can prevent you from error if a plausible advocate of false teaching shall happen to meet you. 
You are the man that is unlikely to become established in the truth. I shall not be surprised to hear that you are troubled with doubts and questions about assurance, grace, faith, perseverance, etc. I shall not wonder if I'm told that you have problems in your marriage, problems with your children, problems with the conduct of your family and about the company you keep. The world you steer through is full of rocks and sandbanks. You are not sufficiently familiar either with lighthouses or charts. You are the man who is likely to be carried away by some false teacher for a time. It will not surprise me if I hear that one of these clever, eloquent men who can make a convincing presentation is leading you into error. You are in need of truth. No wonder if you are tossed to and fro like a cork on the waves. That's really relevant words written a hundred years ago because this is always the issue. False teachers in every age and they're with us today. Let's bow for prayer. And as we are quiet before the Lord, you need to examine your relationship with Christ in terms of, are, are you protected from error? Are you grounded enough in the Word of God? Do you know what it means to be deeper with Jesus Christ, to go beyond the superficial knowledge? At the end of this letter, Peter will say, but grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to grow in your understanding of who He is. You need to understand justification by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. You need to understand what these false teachers are about. They don't care for you. They care for themselves. They use you. So folks, can be grounded in the Word. And the most foundational important doctrine in the Bible is salvation. It's the difference between heaven and hell. If you have never trusted Christ, I want you to know God's word commands you to believe in him, to repent of your sins and to come to him with a uh, surrender of your heart and an attitude of trust in his death for your sins. I'll give you a few moments now to speak to the Lord and then I'll close in prayer. Father, we ask that the glorious light of the gospel of Jesus Christ might shine into hearts. Lord, even these men that we mentioned and others like them, we would pray. We would pray that they might, even at this late hour, understand the gospel. Certainly, Lord, for those who follow, we pray for either salvation or certainly uh, delivering them from the snare of, of these men. I pray for us as a congregation, Lord, that each of us will take to heart these truths to be grounded in the word, that we might not be unstable souls up and down in our Christian lives, Lord, like a roller coaster, like a merry-go-round. I, I pray for stability. I pray for our people to be in Sunday school classes and in the uh, home Bible studies that, they'll, that we'll be starting soon and, and certainly hearing the word of God Sunday mornings and, and evenings, be involved Wednesday night in a class. Lord, so many opportunities here. I pray that our people would avail of them. And I pray that uh, we, Lord, would, would be a people who understand the riches of the grace of Jesus Christ, that we would understand the balance of truth presented in the word of God. Lord, take these truths, apply it individually to our own unique situations and lives. For we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Study, study, study. Don't ever stop studying God's precious and amazing Word. My wife and I recently paid a visit to an old family friend in Ohio. And when I say old, I really mean it. 
Eddie is well into his 90s. He's moving pretty slowly now, living in a nursing home and needing a wheelchair to go more than just a few steps. His speech has slowed and his voice is so soft that we had to pay close attention when he spoke. But here's what I think struck me most about our visit with Eddie. When we stepped into his room, he had two Bibles open on his desk. He was studying two different translations to see how they compared. Lord, please help me to be more like Eddie. This is Verse by Verse, and I'm your announcer, Jerry Peterson. Pastor Steve Kreloff is our teacher, and I have been blessed and challenged by these lessons on the dangers of false teachers. I hope you have been, too. If so, would you tell us about it? You can do so by calling 727-239-0306 or visit our website, versebyverseradio.org. On the right side of the page, there is a contact link where you can find our email address. That's versebyverseradio.org. In fact, you can also find the address of the church where Pastor Steve teaches, Lakeside Community Chapel. I'll give it to you now in case you're in the area on a Sunday and would like to join us sometime soon. That address is 1893 Sunset Point Road in Clearwater. Greed is a terrible disease. The stories of lottery winners who lost it all seem to go on forever. One woman won $5 million and wouldn't tell her husband how she spent it. When he discovered that she'd given $2 million to a secret child she'd had with another man, her husband murdered her with painkillers. He was convicted of manslaughter, and then he asked his in-laws to help pay for the funeral. Another winner actually won twice. The winnings added up to $5.4 million, but I guess that wasn't enough. She gambled it all away, and on it goes, story after story. Psalm 10, verse 3 says, The wicked even boast of their greed. These robbers curse and scorn the Lord. I hope you can be... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.